God, the priest of the Israelites. Clear eyes, full heart, let's start. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was gorgeous. All right, what is up, all my people all around the world? Welcome to Smite Me, the show where we give the Torah one last chance to prove that um, we should keep reading it or whatever we're supposed to be doing. My name is Josh. I'm joined by my two good friends and even better co-hosts. Say hi, boys. What's up? John Alcabes on the mic right now. Hello. Hey, it's Ayani Hayashi. I really have to burp, and I'm hoping it doesn't occur while I say this. Ooh, you was doing burp talking where you kind of tuck around the burp. Um, it didn't happen. Now yeah. I just have a burp stuff. It didn't, right. you, just, you set us up for <laughs> hyping up the burp that much, and it didn't even come out? I'll drink, I'll drink some more sparkly yeah, water. Ayani has, has a soda stream in his room. Yep. Um, Whoa. Big it's a, bo- making boss moves it's only. A, it's a statement of uh, it's a declaration of love it's, uh, for the state of Israel in owning a soda stream. Is this one a soda stream? No, there is a whole. It is a soda stream. Oh fuck! It's bad. fine. Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't care. Well, I don't. I don't think. I'm like it's. We're two minutes in. I'm already like talking about BDS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Record. No, I just. I like. Like this, the soda stream is made in Israel, and some people boycott it because of that, and I think that's fine. But I don't think I don't think it's a problem if you have a soda stream. But I also think it's really funny when people get really upset about the idea of people who are like so adamantly anti BDS that they're just like you'd have to have a soda stream. Oh, the opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah, oh, you uh-huh. have to have one. I don't know. Right. That's, it just came or out. like people like burning their Jordans after or like their Nikes after Colin Kaepernick kneeled. Right. Or I think like you're just in your backyard burning shoes that you <laughs> truly. already bought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't like once you've made the purchase from the company, they literally do not give a shit what you do with it. Yeah. That's kind of what happened with the Heaven's Gate cult. They all bought Nikes. Matching Nike. Did they really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we never got a statement oh. from Nike apologizing. Oh my god! Wait, <laughs> what kind of Nikes did they buy? Was it Cortez? Was it the Air Cortez? For some reason, the deep recesses of my memory are saying that it was. Yeah, I guess they apparently they all wore the Nike Decades athletic shoe and armband patches that read "Heaven's Gate Away Team." Away <laughs> Team is sick. haunting. <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. were they were a Star Trek cult basically. All right. Well, we can cover that more. We don't have to. Lots of people have. All right. I hope the I hope the food was good. That's all I'll say. No, it wasn't. No, it's never good. Oh my god! It's cold. They I also never really said just do food. it. Like the Nike slogan that was like a little inside joke inside the cult. Just do it. Parentheses. Like, kill yourself with poison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my god! Wow. Can't wait for the Nike reissue of the Heaven Gate Heaven Gate ones. This week we are. Taking a break, little uh, deviation from the usual format. A little, a little um, side we, side quest. Yeah, we finished Genesis last week, so this week we decided to watch and cover three very different films that all portray um, parts of Genesis. Yeah, it's just a nice sort of break because you know we've been reading the Bible every other week, every week, every other week, 
for about half a year almost at this point, and it's truly exhausting. Um, so we just thought that we could maybe download something that was related to the 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 show, but not exactly it's like, the text into our brains. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of a hungover teacher being like, "It's movie day." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's really funny. I was having a conversation recently. We didn't even necessarily have to talk about this, but it's good fodder. Like asking if you were a teacher, what your end of the year movie would be. Like when you just they're like somehow they just. I don't know, like, they finished everything a day early and were just like, and so now we're just going to watch, like, Jumanji. For the I'm going to say you know? Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Seven Days, um, which is um, the um, the pornographic film we watched. We will, uh, there's, we will, we will get there. All let's, right. Uh, let's, I was, we, you want to you wanna talk no, about I some mean, of the bullshit that we did? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I committed, like, a two-part betrayal recently um, that sounds really fucking serious i mean it's not but <laughs> i i had to over intellectualize it because i am a podcast host now so um it, it, it got to that place basically i start a new job on tuesday um but knowing that i was about to start the job in the new year i was like oh can i you know kind of not work for a couple weeks and just chill out prior to and so i just like fully wasn't checking my email or doing anything like that because like you know, vacation's got to be a vacation. True. Um, but then I realized that, uh, like, my, like, people I worked with were, like, asking me questions about things. And then I kind of, like, well, I just wasn't answering them. So I had to do more work because I wasn't talking to them. And I don't know. So, and then I was, like, kind of apologetic about it. I was, like, oh, you know, sorry. Like, I, I you know, I should have been checking my email more. Like, sorry, I made you have to do extra work. And so I feel like the lefty in me, I betrayed that person because I was like apologizing for not working while I was on vacation. Yeah. And then I was also like a bad employee because they were just like needed things for me in a timely way. And then a week later, I was like, oh, shit, sorry. Like, did you tell them that you were going to be offline? Yeah. Well, then it's their fucking fault. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. If you say, hey, I'm not going to check my email and then someone and they go, okay. And then someone an hour later goes, hey, to your email, check your email. Uh They can go fuck themselves. Um, So I don't know. I feel like I just either uh, was working too much or working not enough or apologizing for the wrong reasons. I don't know. So your your two smiteable offenses were both working hard and hardly working? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The duality of man. I was caught. I was I was like on the edge between the two sides of the coin of working hard and hardly working. I'll go, I guess. I it's funny. I, mine is that I uh, I guess mine is quite simply that I was just really happy that Sheldon Adelson died. Um, <laughs> I think God would probably smite me for that. Uh, you know, Sheldon donated a lot of money to heaven for that new complex, so he probably wouldn't want me to. Also, in a, I also want to make a note of the fact that. An episode, two episodes ago, I, my smiteable offense was also a reference to Sheldon Adelson, and that episode will come out after he died. Mm. After, but I That's said true. that before he died, so okay, it's yeah, kind nice. of some. I didn't kill Sheldon Adelson, <laughs> is all I'm saying. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's cool that that guy's dead. Can um, I ask you a clarifying question? Yeah. Are you sure you didn't kill Sheldon Adelson? I mean, not in not unless I am Father Time. <laughs> like that dude was old. It's that true. dude was gonna die like two years ago. He he was him living that long was like 
like a reverse Hanukkah. Like he. <laughs> yeah, I feel like once you're a certain amount of rich, you just kind of hang on. Yeah, you have access. Which I feel to... like is why a lot of a lot of dictators, I think, also have that thing where they're just like a million years old. Yeah, and they're just like embalmed guys in jackets. My favorite thing, one point. of my favorite things about Sheldon Adelson was that his wife was like. 40 years younger than him but since he's so old she was just also an old person i just think it's funny when they like there's such a big age gap but they are both senior citizens so it like kind of uh-huh. doesn't matter but yeah he uh i don't know he like funded a bunch of zionist propaganda bullshit and you know gave a lot of money to trump had his little had his little casinos um and he got away with it because he was hot. So <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Slipped it's hard to, to think about. There's justice in this world when just because someone's handsome, they it's just fucked up. That's all. Uh, and if you don't know what he looks like, everyone, you should Google what he looks like. And just get take it in. I don't think it's necessarily. I don't think there's anything wrong with what I did. But I think uh, since we are talking about God and smiting, uh, I'm going to bring a little bit of faith into it. I know God's pretty into that. Um, Whoa. and, uh, I, uh, I just think my smiteable offense was when all the chaos in the Capitol happened. I was like, oh, these people are going to be treated very different than, uh, than the people who are protesting for the rights that they already, that they have that are not being respected. Uh, there's going to be a lot less violence towards these people who are actually trying to take over the Capitol building. And I had zero faith in our government to deal with it appropriately. So your big, your crime was being correct. Yep. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I have to say my worst a humble quality, bag crime. If you, my I, worst I have to be honest, being smart and good. Um, yeah, <laughs> my my biggest weakness is that I work too hard. <laughs> yeah, right. I care um, too much. No, it's just I, and I think yeah, that's just because I don't have any faith. I didn't, and I still don't have faith that any of these people will deal with this in a in a manner that that is appropriate and. Um, I mean, listen. Fucking prove me wrong. We're recording this on what? The 14th. The 14th. But by the time this comes out, we're going to be living in a, a country that hopefully has abolished malarkey. So. <laughs> Post malarkey world. Post malarkey society. I'm excited to rise from the ashes of malarkey. <laughs> in a year, we're going to be like, do you guys even remember what malarkey was like? I kind of. Yeah, so. I can There's kind of feel a little the feeling, malarkey left in someone's cellar, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, you still have this?" Didn't you hear? It'll be malarkey. Will be the, like the political equivalent of asbestos. Asbestos, <laughs> which the building I work in has a ton of. Ew, is that's probably bad. Yeah. Did yuck. you just say ew? <laughs> yeah. Yuck. I mean, <laughs> that's am I wrong? gross. <laughs> It's not really gross yeah. as it is just dangerous. I'm a picky eater. I hate asbestos. Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, one more thing before we get going on this, uh, you know, just genre-bending, world-shattering piece of film criticism on a podcast that we're going to do. Um, if you like the show, go on iTunes, give us a five-star review, say nice things about us, um, and then... We'll feel really good about ourselves. Yeah, it's sometimes we don't want to go out on stage, but when we hear you cheering, we go anyway. So, you know, exactly. I don't, I don't really appreciate that. I miss being able to perform. Yeah, uh, Josh is using true. a metaphor. Josh whereas Ayani yeah. and I uh, used to uh, literally have do that. 
quasi careers. Well, I'm calling mine quasi. Yours isn't quasi. We both used to have careers where we would go on on real life stages and perform to real life people. But uh, you can also just leave a. You know, it doesn't have to be a crazy in depth review. You can just put like. I like cats, and you know what? I agree no, with that. No, and no, cat, no, you can't do the cats thing. Apple will, will. What do they? No, I don't know. Do Just filter? don't say, don't say you like cats. Say that you like the podcast. And- all right, so All let's right. let's go on, guys. Let's hop into our film analysis. Yeah, let's. I'll just I'll just right off the bat say the three movies we watched. We didn't all watch all of them, but we mostly did. One of them was a pornographic film from the 1970s. I'm just gonna come right out and say it. It was called Sodom and Gomorrah: The Last Seven Days. There's a very <laughs> interesting story behind the creators of said film that. I'm going to go ahead and say that there's, their story itself is biblical. Um, <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. And okay. then the other two are we're going to watch DreamWorks Joseph. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Joseph and the <laughs> <laughs> Joseph and the Technicolor. Your DreamWorks oh, it's called, Joe. <laughs> DreamWorks. It's called um, Joseph King of Dreams. It was the follow-up to the very successful Prince of Egypt that they produced. And Ben Affleck is our special Joseph in this so that's fun and let me tell you convincing teenager definitely a convincing <laughs> teenager um and then the last one that that we're saving for you is a i would call it a blockbuster action film right that's yeah that's I mean, fair. Was, yeah yeah called noah by darren aronofsky it came out in 2014 i believe mm-hmm. starring russell I didn't his name has kind of an internal rhyme like darren aronofsky <laughs> yeah he'd be be a fun person to bully <laughs> I, no, I don't know. My name does that too. Ayani Hayashi, yeah. My um, Miami Hayashi. <laughs> My alter ego. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> that guy does so much coke. Darren Aronofsky. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Have you guys seen Mother? Um, no. Mother or Black ex- Swan. But Mother also has like kind of religious elements to it. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, those are our, those are our three. Um, we there's no real uh, thought process behind picking them, other than we just wanted to go for three kind of distinct genres. Um, I think we nailed it. I think we picked three very different types of uh, film going experiences. <laughs> yeah. So hey, it's Smite Me at the Movies. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. <laughs> uh, get some popcorn. <laughs> All right. So. I'm going to, I'm just going to sort of, I'm not going to really summarize this, this porn, this pornographic film, Sodom and Gomorrah, The Last Seven Days, because it's not, it's, it's weird because it's, it's from 1975, which means that it's a, it's a real film production in that they are, there are speaking scenes. It's not just like an hour and a half of straight fucking. The only thing I would really say that's important is they do actually pull in weird ways pretty accurately from the bible which is it's not uncomfortable it's just kind of a funny thing but that the film also involves um aliens looking over uh the earth and it's the aliens are portrayed by uh by a monkey well it's a, yeah the the <laughs> captain of the spaceship is a monkey who's supposed to sound like john wayne um. <laughs> and and it's oh. a real it's not a guy in a monkey suit it's a it's a monkey i mean <laughs> it's yeah. And, and, and what's weird too the is the voice is a guy doing yeah. a voice. It's not a monkey. But because he's voiced, he's, it's a voiceover, and like you can't quite get a monkey to do whatever you want to do. 
Like, <laughs> we've tried. Me, I tried. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing believe about animal me. handlers that, like, one of my friends, like, used to work for the zoo and stuff is, like, you can guide animals and you can teach them to do certain things and whatever. But at the end of the day, everything from a goldfish up to an elephant is going to do whatever the fuck it wants. Um, so, like, yeah. you, know what, it, you know the saying, you can't <laughs> turn a monkey into a pancake butler. But it's it's so funny because the monkey moves its mouth. Like, kind of whenever it wants. So the guy doing the voiceover has to, like, time it with... Right. With or maybe they the took, got mouth. the footage. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So the guy is, like, has the footage already. They're obviously not going to shoot it again because having a monkey is expensive as fuck. So they're like, all right, he's going to move his mouth in three seconds. So he's like, turn the ship around. Um, so I didn't watch this one, but I have a couple questions already. Please. Um, such as, uh, what's the body hair situation like? If it is <laughs> 1975. It's a lot of books. Is 70s. everyone just glistening? It's the 70s. And sh- yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'll just awesome. say that. It's, uh, yeah. It was a moment in time. How did that, I feel like people are just not as hairy now and not in a like, oh, people are manscaping, but literally like they look genetically less hairy. I think it's also that the film quality is, is lower too. So it's like. Now we have like 4K H. This is not old man corner. Just give me a second. We have such a high. Got 4K HD Starbucks. You Your Blu-ray is unbelievable. No, but we have like super high resolution like uh, capabilities now. So like we can get a level of detail that's like honestly in some ways uncomfortable to see sometimes. Where it's like you can see mm-hmm. on the close-up shot, you can see someone's individual mustache hairs. Oh, there are definitely now. disturbing shots in this. Oh, yeah, um, but I mean, just mean like back then on the film, it's like, it's all kind of just like a mass on your face. So I think that's kind of uh-huh. what contributes to them looking so much hair. I'm just saying, I feel like, or maybe it's like who gets cast, but I feel like I'm thinking of the men who have like so much body hair that it's like the back of their hand is like overgrown. Are you like, thinking about Robin Williams? Guys? Yeah, like Robin Williams. Like I mean, exactly. what happened to them? Yeah, what happened to Robin yeah, Williams? We don't have to. We just don't let them get famous anymore. I think standards of beauty have changed. Damn. Wow. Man and Hold your heads up, you hairy kings. Some of us are still thinking about you. Um, I guess we should kind of say like what the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is. I mean, you probably listened to the episode or you didn't. It's like it's a city full of perverts and God is going to kill them. Um, that's kind of the gist. And Lot is trying to like navigate through this, but they, I mean, they, they bear, they kind of used the source material, but they editorialized a lot. Um, yeah. my, one of my favorite parts of it was that, um, one of the plot elements was that like heterosexual sex was illegal. Like, I guess, I don't know. So at one point, like, the king or whatever, like, go he, he goes, uh, you're under arrest for cunt fucking. Um, and that, <laughs> sorry to put that in the... One and, one and two of that word on the, uh, on the first two appearances yeah, well, of that. But yeah, I just, that record. really made me laugh. Um, uh, yeah. Also, there's a part where a guy, I had to, like, watch it twice, but, like, a guy is, like, he's using olive oil as, as lubricant. Um but he's literally getting he's like squeezing an actual olive onto his <laughs> member <laughs> like just i it's can't a, give you that much yeah would not would not really recommend for viewer enjoyment or even to like if you're horny and you want to do that i mean it's we, not very no it's, it's like not a good movie and it's not a good porno it's not sexy it's just odd it's, honestly it's it's sexual for sure <laughs> The uh, the other funny part is that at the end, because they they do take from the famous scene of um, like Abraham negotiating with God, being like, "Will you save the city if there's fifty righteous men? Like, will you save it if there's forty righteous men?" But in this version, he's just talking to the monkey, 
and the monkey is just saying hilarious things. He's like, I'm going to blow you to smithereens, you liberal commie bastards. <laughs> it kind of rules. <laughs> it's a it's a very I don't regret watching through some of it. I kind of skimmed around cuz it's an hour and a half and it's like it's not going to be that compelling and the editing on it is like honestly kind of nauseating. Um I mean also the the all the like gaping is yeah, nauseating. It's a, it's a lot. Um there's also this weird um like kind of what's it called? There's like a weird racial element. For like a second, there's this weird thing where like oh, – let me see. I wrote about I'm gonna it. I'm going to miss that part because I said they kind of jump around. It's just like there's like a big orgiastic scene and then the, this white guy is like having sex with all these chicks and then a black guy is like – some black guy is like, get out of here, you white sodomite. And then they like sodomize him. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, here's the most frustrating thing about this is that it it ends on – um, Lot's wife turning into salt, but it never shows him, you know, the scene with him and his daughters, which... Um, oh, that's the frustrating point. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, um, the, 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 the site that hosted... Loss. The site that hosted this was uh, xhamster.com, and uh, what xhamster user <laughs> Wicked Sunny has to say about it is, they should have added one more scene, that of Lot fucking his daughters. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. And I can't was that disagree. You? No, I, I'm that? not Wicked Sunny. Wicked Sonny is the same man who killed Sheldon Adelson, though. <laughs> yeah. Not so wicked after all. Wicked Sonny is your alter ego, much like Ayani has Miami. <laughs> um, it's your commenter personality. So um, I guess that's all I really have to say about that film. I But then, okay, here's the crazy twist, is that I looked up the directors, and there are these two guys, the Mitchell brothers, Jim and Artie Mitchell, and um, Artie, oh my God! If you skip to the end of the Wikipedia page on them, you find out that Jim murdered Artie. Um, Whoa. I believe they are also. This is kind of. This is for the. It's Bay, like San Francisco for folklore. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the Bay Area, Bay Area corner for a second, but uh, San Francisco spe- specifically. But I think they were the people who ran the O'Farrell Theater, the famous. Adult. Yeah, I actually have a bunch of notes on them. Um, um, which I've actually been to one of their Christmas parties. It was very fun. Um, wow. Yeah, I went up to the to the room of uh like the the main like office and whatever, which is basically just like two desks and the enormous poker table. Um and it uh it crimes were committed in that room for sure. Oh, it has yeah. such I mean, an intense mafia vibe. Um There've been a lot of they also they were friends with like Huey Newton and like the guys from Aerosmith and Hunter S. Thompson and Willie Brown, to name a few. Um the five, Whoa. the whole, everyone I named would all, they would always hang out. <laughs> um, everyone from Aerosmith and Hunter S. Thompson and these two brothers and Huey P. Newton and Willie Brown, they would all just drive around together in a car. Um, just kidding. But they were friends with all those guys. And the Wikipedia article kind of seems like, because at, the, at the theater they would have, they would like play their dirty movies. And then they would also, at a certain point, it like turn into a strip club. And they, the Wikipedia article for it kind of makes it seem like they invented the lap dance, or at least coined the term, because that shit's got to be what? as old. That shit's got to be as old as time. But maybe. But then they also like, like when Diane Feinstein became mayor of San Francisco, she like sent a bunch of people in to like arrest the Mitchell brothers and some of the strippers and like the staff, like just you know, full on like. Like they did a raid? Yeah. It was yeah. just like sex work is bad and we're going to arrest, you know, just that carceral bullshit. Not that these guys were great guys. Thanks, Diane. 
Thanks, Diane. Um, you guys see she's running. The, she's the running. 70s were just a wild time. Yeah. I'm Miami just thinking about, like, would have flourished in that time. Oh, my God. Here's yeah. a couple more things. Um, in 1990, Artie got Oh, wait. Caught... Why did they murder each other? Is I'll there get to any that. more I'll get info to that. on that? Yeah. Okay. In, um, in 1990, Artie got caught in a riptide off of Ocean Beach, um, and Jim swam out to try to save him, and then they, like, both were fucked, and then some lifeguard person saved both of them, and they rewarded him with a lifetime pass to the strip club, which is very fun. I think that's, that's just funny. that's just regular etiquette. I think. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just like a humorous like I don't know. I wonder how often it'd be funny if he was just like, "All right, I'll be there every day." But also, I hope I hope he didn't take that. I mean, I'm sure he was a good guy. I hope he still tipped. Is all I'm gonna say. You know, just because. Here's a little lesson for the fellas. Here's a little lesson for the fellas. Once once coronavirus is open, just because you save a couple guys' lives and they own a strip club and you get a lifetime pass to the strip club, you still got a tip. I would say tip even more because you're getting in for free. I think a, a small sad bit to just kind of bring the, the, the mood down a little bit. I do believe that after many decades of operation that the O'Farrell Theater closed this year due to the coronavirus pandemic. Which, that, yeah, that sucks. Which, you know, however you feel about that kind of entertainment <clears throat> or whatever, like it is still a, it was a, a staple of the uh, of the neighborhood and it, it's been in San Francisco for a long time. It's very much tied to its history. So it was very depressing to hear that. Um Email me, uh, email us and tell me that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it closed. And then, yeah, Artie was like a had a big drinking problem and like a shocker, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was a it was a real also, I, not to, not to, I was gonna say like you're telling me like Artie Mitchell got caught in a riptide on a beach. Like I don't know, I'm just not picturing these guys as like champion swimmers. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. According to Jim's narrative events, like. It really, I don't know why he killed him. According to the murderer's According version of According to the murderer, like, he just, <laughs> he, like, is, he says he, uh, he, his friends were, like, worried and were, like, you should go check in on your brother. So he, like, showed up at his house with a rifle and shot him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know, man. It solved his alcohol. Wow. But, it solved his so alcohol yeah, problem. Right. They had this He'll lawyer. He'll never take another drink again. They had this lawyer, this guy, John, Michael John Kennedy, who, like, he, like, defended Timothy Leary and all these Black Panthers. Like, he was just, like, a really good lawyer. And he somehow talked. He got Jim to be tried, like, on, like, manslaughter instead of murder somehow. And so then, like, after, like, six years or something, Jim got out of prison and, like, tried to open a, um, like, rehab center or something, like, in his brother's name. And his brother's kids were like, Hey, uh, could you not do that? Maybe seeing as you murdered him. <laughs> oh my God! Wow! But wow! Isn't that crazy that I we go to watch this film based on the Bible, and then what's the story of these two brothers? It's the story of these two uh, brother killing another brother. You know, it's biblical yeah. shit. Wow! Oh, and also, Very there's biblical. a movie about it called X-rated, featuring get ready for it, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Let's go, baby! Well, that was wow. that was lovely. That's a lovely little... What an odyssey. And yeah. that's that on that. Yep. Do you have any more questions for us, Josh, about the porno, or are we, are we good? Um, I want to know a bit more about what the aliens were up to, so they're just mainly watching? Yeah, it seemed they were a stand-in for God, I think, which I, uh -huh. I'm kind of into. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a cheeky point where it's like kind of... Well, I mean, Old Testament God kind of just does arbitrary things. I also like the idea that a porno kind of needs to be funny. That seems like maybe a slightly dated idea. I mean, I don't know. I find yeah, I think or just now like that's just like kind of just like a funny be... genre matchup, I guess. Another note about like their the 
Jim Mitchell's childhood, which I thought was funny. It says like, well, in school, he worked at Follies, a movie theater that showed films featuring nudity and observed that each night the theater was full of masturbators. So I just love this image of like this 11 year old kid, like mopping the floor and seeing a bunch of like grown men jerking off. And instead of being horrified, you just, he just love like, that image. He, no, like I love the image of like him getting like money signs in his eyes and being like, uh-huh, right. like yeah, I've yeah. got a, that's the part I like. Well, another thing that yeah. this is kind of related to both the story of the Mitchell brothers and this movie, but one of the things that I read in the Wikipedia article was like, like fans of theirs say that the movies ranged from mediocre to bad. <laughs> so it's like fans of theirs. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and that's what the fans were saying. All right. I feel like we've uh, we've gotten yep. almost maybe too much mileage out of this movie. We've squeezed all and... the olive oil out of this olive. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we really mopped up all that we could find. All right, um, let's move on to uh, the children's cartoon. The children's cartoon. Yes. So the slavery musical. Before <laughs> well, there no, was the, there's going to be a, a more slavery musical musical down the road called Prince of Egypt, but this one. I actually I love Prince of Egypt. I think it's a beautifully made film. Um, I think it's tacky, but because it's for children. No, it's great. Yeah. This is not as good as Prince of Egypt. This was like I I know I've made this joke with other people before, but after seeing the success of Prince of Egypt, DreamWorks saw that they were like oh maybe we have a formula here and we can just make animated bible stories and have famous people write the music for it and then we'll always make a good thing because everybody loves the bible turns out i think i think they just made a good movie one time yeah (laughs) Um, yeah ben affleck plays joseph as we mentioned which all i all i kept thinking about is how much i want to see the story of joseph but they're all like just boston is shit (laughs) <laughs> you know like yeah like he has 12 like old like rowdy bostonian brothers oh my god yeah and honestly the like the brotherly like enmity between them in boston accents would be so bitter mm-hmm. oh here comes awesome. that fucking dreamer boy uh, <laughs> fuck you hey f- yeah that'd be pretty good instead yeah you're kind of stuck with him doing his teenager voice which is like just very awkward it's like hey Come on, guys! Stop it! Don't don't keep don't pushing just me very... around. Come on! Stop taking pictures of me dropping my Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, a, a yeah, fun fun of... fun little thing I noticed is the opening music. Um, the the there's a chorus going like ma la 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 like, <laughs> but um, it's it is. I think I I didn't actually like sit down and, and transcribe it, but I believe it's like one or two notes off of the what they're chanting in the Big Lebowski when they're throwing the naked woman up into the air what? yeah it's just this is the thing with like when you play a lot of music and you start to internalize melodies and whatever you realize is it just kind of like a sinister like la, da, da, da. no 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 it's not like a sin, sin, no no it's like do, 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 do. it's just it's it's a super common thing and it's just like however your bra- whatever your brain attaches in when you're like thinking of your inner ear when you play music whatever melody it attaches to it's always going to be that association. And I guess that melody in particular, I associate with that scene from the big Lebowski. So, and it also opens with a sky. So I was like, immediately I was like, is the naked woman just going to show up? <laughs> That's just fun. Um, fun little benefits of a fun thing. I noticed off the bat, um, the racial dynamics of Noah, the third movie we're going to talk about, I think are the most salient, but I couldn't help but notice uh, Joseph, the special boy, happens to also be the light-skinned one with red hair. 
Well, and then all his brothers yeah. are like swarthy boys with mustaches. But I think um, it could also be. I was thinking about that too. It could, that could also be because like they were all working in the field, and he was like the little dreamer yeah. boy staying inside, not getting any sun. That's true. They might be tan, but I don't know. I found it kind of. In, I don't know. At least notable. Yeah, and the fact that it was like yeah, the the, the characters in this film were like had dark skin, but they were still. Mar- Voiced by Mark Hamill and Ben Affleck. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At Um, least they weren't all fucking British accents, though. I would take... Yeah, I would take an American movie made by Americans with American accents. And American trucks, for that matter. (laughs) Built Fort Tough. God damn it. Freedom freedom fries um, and craft services over, like, just weird fake British accents for no reason. Yeah, Yeah. like transatlantic. Yeah. Yeah, Hello, I am very fancy. There is something weird that Hollywood has just decided that the way you convey like anything being old or anything being like from the medieval-ish times or anything old is like you give them British accents, but like people still have British accents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's kind of funny because like, I don't know, you could almost like if you really wanted to put on your like liberal arts college hat, you'd be like, ah, it is because we are a post-colonial and like we still revere our old, you know colonizer but it's like that's like not exactly i feel like what the deal is because it's not like british american colonialism was like the normal kind you know also, why is stewie british if his parents are from Kohog? okay <laughs> uh one of my neighbors really watches a lot of family guy um, that's that's always funny when somebody watches family guy in the year like a full grown adult like every night <laughs> i think that theory of of like revering the ancient colonial or not ancient but the colonial past and whatever i think that it it kind of disregards how lazy sometimes people can be in creative situations <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah that's true and i think one person did it one time and they were like for whatever reason, another producer saw it and was like that's fucking smart they got british accents that's how we know it's fucking old done and then you know People's unwillingness uh, yeah. to work carried it from there. Um, uh-huh. So the point we're making is that they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that we're very lucky that there's a family guy. <laughs> one, time, one time I was in, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to do this, but one time I was in a diner. You're not sorry. I'm not sorry. You're not sorry. One time You're doing I was, it. One time I was in a diner and I'm just like eating by myself, like a, you know, a sad little boy or whatever. And all of a sudden I, I hear, I like feel it in my spine, a shock to my system, just audio from this guy's voice going, it seems today, or from his phone going, it seems today. He's just starting an episode of Family Guy at full volume in the diner. Um, You know, real king shit. Anyway. I think overall, overall this film I think is kind of benign. I mean, yeah, it's kind of nothing. Yeah. It's 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 for kids, um, or it's for families, which means it has to be acceptable for kids. It's um, a cool hour fifteen, which I do appreciate. Yes. More, yeah, thank that was you. sick. More movies should do that. <laughs> yeah, frankly. Yeah, even good ones. Even, even good, good ones. ones. Yeah. Um, I think I. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I did find a little bit weird though was the uh, there's like a lot of it's an interesting idea, but there's a lot of change in art style that happens throughout oh, the movie. When it when that is just it's it's not. It misses the mark. For when they me, start showing the animation of Pharaoh's dream and it looks all like 3D and crazy, I do you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about? It looks yeah. like that one Simpsons episode where Homer like walks through into the like this other like 
realm. Like he's like inside of a computer. And no, never mind. But it's weird. I like it. How much it, Simpsons and Family Guy have you been watching? All right. Well, week? I watch Simpsons is great. So you know, I don't, I wouldn't put them in the same category. And Family Guy is only comes up when someone's in a diner. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't Family don't Guy is always crap. on TV. Um. Yeah. I thought I. It, it was kind of funny to see like. Uh, that was back in the day when 3D was very cool. Yeah. Yes. Like there were some scenes like were where he's like, that. when he, by the time he's in, enslaved and um, he's like looking at the walls and like having all these memories and they're showing up as hieroglyphs on this 3D wall. Um, I don't know. It, it reminded me almost, it felt just kind of like funny, like some video you'd watch in class. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's There's also a certain weird. hokey like Microsoft 95 kind of quality like, to it. Yeah. Like Spark, Spark Notes presents a movie. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is weird to me that in the movie, they kind of try to paint Joseph as like, but I don't want to be the special boy. Like, I want to go be swarthy with my, yeah. my brother. Yeah. I want to go splash around, have like some homoerotic sm- splash time with my bros. <laughs> but he does um, that after singing the song called I Am the Miracle Child. So yeah. it's like, pick a lane, you little shit. <laughs> I think it's, it's, I get why <laughs> yeah. they did it, but I also just think of, in terms of Joseph's entire trajectory, I don't think he ever point indicated that he wanted to be normal. I think he, uh, he did want to, didn't he? He was like going, to, he was like chasing after his brothers. Like the day he got thrown in the pit, he was like going, following his brothers. Cause his so, dad told him to. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. <laughs> Cause his dad was like, I Hey, the co- go annoy the coat them. Looked, the coat looked pretty sick. I yeah. thought they handled it well. Yeah, I think so too. Also the logistics of them throwing him into a pit. And then I think, the film made it seem as though, and and this is kind of the narrative in my, that's in my head now because the book never explained it. That his brothers throw him in the pit, then they make a deal with, then they like make a deal with these guys who are going to buy him, and then they help him out of the pit, and they're like, "Gotcha, here you go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It 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 kind of. I get why they did it, just because I think it would be too confusing to do it in the way. Well, that what actually it, happens in the text. Because in the, actual, yeah, the Old Testament verse, yeah, it's just like arbitrary. They just kind of leave him in the hole and then something else happens. Yeah, they go have lunch and they have the plan to sell him into slavery. But then these random Ishmaelites come by and then they're like, oh, no, but a free slave. Here's the thing is that there's there, – what about the thing with the 20 pieces of silver? All it's right. just in the movie. Because that's why Reuben tears his clothes. He gets so upset because they stopped to have a fucking lunch in the middle of their kidnapping plot, and then some randos fucking came and picked the dude up, and then he <laughs> grieves because he couldn't sell him. That just makes me imagine like the fuck a bunch of like crazy like Michigan neo Nazis like they have Governor Gretchen Whitmer in the back of their car like they've they've successfully kidnapped her and they're like uh, Dairy Queen time. <laughs> Let's go through the drive And then a different group of Michigan neo-Nazis is like, hey, I think, think the governor's in the trunk. Um, that's kind of a telling moment in the fact that like the movie sticks pretty close to the book, but occasionally just has to change stuff to make it make sense because the source material does not make sense. Or like things don't happen for a reason, things just happen. Which is kind of a funny, like, I don't know. It's like a funny imperative to like have to correct for the holy text that you're doing at a thing for in the harry potter movies like people get pissed because they have to leave stuff out but in, it's like the opposite where they're like um i guess we could add like a <laughs> character i don't know yeah the part where they really i felt like kind of they ignore the kind of like weird dark twist at the end of the joseph story where like they really frame it as he's like 
the song is like give a little more than you take and like everyone share oh yeah that's how we'll get through it but really he like does that and then he takes more than people can give and then makes them buy it back from him <laughs> yeah which is a funny that, that they also have smart. to kind of cover for that yeah um yeah my note here says give it back to the people ha 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 um we also <laughs> yeah. what's up with that he has like a dream about a wolf they add that in i think that was just to establish that he's the dreamer boy yeah he's I guess. A mr dream yeah dream, the dream king honestly to that effect it's better than a lot of storytelling we've done before that's showing and not telling like yeah better to show so a, a made-up dream. i mean the whole story's made up obviously but better to invent a dream sequence and establish that he has his prophetic dreams than just have one of the characters be like joseph how was your dreams last night did they come true <laughs> you know what i found pretty unsettling was how uh, human the faces on the sheep and other animals were I did not pay like, attention to that. <laughs> 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 they like really like moon over him. He's having his like I'm the most special boy intro song and they're like just kind of looking at him with moony eyes and it's that like was, I don't I don't need I'm going to I'm going to maybe take a screenshot of that and, and add it to the notes cuz for the listener Josh just just he with his face did a very good impression of the sheep in this particular film. Um just really nailed That's, it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, oh I, fuck, I was ready for that. <laughs> All right, I have, I'm going to posit a question, which is, what's up with the eyeliner? Egyptians. They, oh, they, at a certain point, I, he's just wearing eyeliner. Yeah, that's that's they used to do that. The, the ancient Egyptians did that. The Egyptians were health goths. Yeah, they that was part of. I don't know if they wore it all the time, but like they, I think they, it's like in the paintings, and then they also found like in tombs that people like get buried with their eyeliner and shit. But I think that was just how they presented. But Joseph's a boy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was going to be like, how far do you want to go with this bit? Like, no, no, no. Um, I uh, loved the the slavery song. That one was really good. The one where he's first it. seeing slavery, like firsthand. Yeah, and it's like, power has a price. You are chattel. They use the word chattel in the song. I was just thinking of like whatever like rando like uh, Tish graduate was in the writing room. And that just like blackout going off writing the slavery song. Be like, this is like, I got I got a hit. On um, this one. I also like the line in that song that I can't remember what the line before it was, but just I think because it is for a U.S. audience, it says the Egyptians don't care what your race is. They just sort of like <laughs> context. Like they say that fully in the lyrics. Yeah, I think to contextualize it in like this is a, this is not a different like this is sort of a different genre of slavery. Yeah. They don't care if you're yeah. purple or green. <laughs> yeah, like this yeah. is just this is purely about people with power and people without power. Not that, that it makes funny. it any better or worse, it's but it, it's different. Yeah. But they kind of, I don't know, because they do, like, when Joseph is first getting to Egypt, like, they show that sequence of him seeing slavery firsthand and being like, this is fucked up. But then they still proceed with the narrative that he's, like, uh, this a special boy who is very good at slavery and, like... Also, he would have seen slavery anyway. Would Abraham have... had slaves. Oh, that's yeah, true. Everyone. But Their maybe, whole, like, fucking household. But did. maybe yeah. they didn't, the implication was that, like the Jews weren't as brutal to their slaves kind of thing. Mm. They were, you know, they're the kind of people who buy something at the store, but are uh, dismayed to see how it's made at the factory. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. The idea of a liberal buying a, a literal slave and being like, <laughs> you know, I have some ethical concerns with the source, but ultimately it's just, it's, it's so helpful. I do need this That's because I want it. So fucking dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty grim. Oh, you know what was bummed me out is uh, you you were alluding to this one of you 
I do think they capture how uh, Joseph kind of like the power goes to him and he like really kind of turns on everyone. There's a moment where there's like this trader who's selling a horse to one of the Pharaoh's guys. Oh yeah. Um, who's using a, who's using like a kind of cooked scale that like makes it so he can get a better price for it. And Joseph just like immediately calls the guy out, even though he is cool. also a slave. Oh, well, I guess, I mean, I think but where's the solidarity, man. Wait, who was, who was, who did he screw over by who who had the well the trader thing? they but I think they killed the trader yeah, they I think they the like trader. behead him or something oh yeah that was shit where it just like literally would have done nothing to the pharaoh oh yeah that was his moment of being like overpriced like horse. being a pick me like being like I'm such a good slave Ch- like yeah me. yeah or like I will climb by pulling others down and for that reason we have to cancel the Bible <laughs> <laughs> Bible canceled <laughs> I think it was interesting that I thought. Of all the ways they could have handled it, I thought um, they actually did do a kind of good job with when he sees his brothers again and he kind of goes insane for a second. Oh, yeah. Like, I I was curious how they were going to do that. And I think they do it more effectively than the text does because we argued for a while about what the fuck he was doing. Why is he? Yeah. (laughs) And they don't really commit. But in the beginning, it's just like uh, he's just angry. He's just like, yo, fuck these people. Like. I'm going to fuck with you real quick. And then even his wife, who they, like, give some interiority to in this, which is cool, is like, come on, they're just, like, hungry people who want to feed their families. But but it is a nice little classic uh, example of U.S. politics being kind of bizarro, where they're like, we don't want your fucking charity. Like, we brought silver. As if wanting <laughs> charity during a famine is so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. damn. <laughs> like, yeah, it's Joe Biden being like, listen, people don't want a handout, man. People want to turn on the TV and see people, you know, being nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charity is okay. Giving money is okay. Yep. Receiving money is okay, too, if you need Especially it. when you're hungry. Yep. Feeding um, someone who's hungry, okay, for free. At the beginning, in the, like, Joseph is so great song, when he says, I am special, I am apart, I am set apart, any rules don't apply. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Does just, he like, say that? Yeah, I think so. And I was like, yeah, well, they really make you fucking hate Joseph along with his brothers. <laughs> so Hell that's yeah. great. Um, oh, oh, they lean like really hard. Um, into, they just It's like fully a faith movie because he's like in jail. And then he says, if I let you reach me, will you teach me? Um, I saw a bird and thought that I could follow, but it was you who taught that bird to fly. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, just like it's all going to be fine. Just trust. Like, don't, you know, don't get too big for your britches. And I don't know, I think it's like, it's interesting because it's sort of like the the story itself kind of communicates that, but because it's a musical and like you have to make a song out of the most emotional parts, like, I don't know, it's it's like an interesting, you see the kind of like seam of the genre mashup like really clearly there where it's just like, it is still a religious thing that we're dealing with here. Yes. Yeah. I was just looking up who did the music for it, but I... I... Also, I'm just thinking of how like just fucking bonkers people would go if there was like a... I don't know, like any other religion that was essentially just like believe in this God in a cartoon song in the movie theater. <laughs> I mean, Christians do that shit. Yeah, all the time. Oh, but you're saying like how banana the American market would go if oh, like, like they made like Islam the movie or whatever. Yeah. I mean, obviously that would I mean, be complicated of, for other reasons. A lot of people wouldn't like um, that. Yeah, it would be pretty yeah, universally. Yeah, I think uh, probably also uh, Muslims, but... Um, but okay, I, I'm just saying, just, like, that would just make everybody upset. <laughs> everybody except for yeah. me. <laughs> I would yeah. buy one million tickets. But yeah, I don't know. It was just like I was just imagining seeing that live, like in a movie theater, 
and it just was like very proselytizing, like God rocks. Yeah, which is okay. I mean, it's a God. It's like a religious movie. It's, so it's, it's, like, a, it's that's their it's, prerogative. Yeah, I do think it is. Even then, within that context, though, it's a little heavy-handed. I think but not, I mean that's really kind of the, the message the, of the story. It's the like lyrics. he's in prison and then he isn't. Yeah, I mean the lyrics more of just kind of like yeah. even the birds don't know the fl- how to fly. Like you know yeah. how to fly. There's also a lot of like yeah. I don't know yeah. the scene. I, one of my notes just says like it says quote Potiphar, it's great to see you again. And then I said, God, what a fucking bootlicker. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, 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 like, yeah. They make it a little like, too rosy. Like the sweet, amicable, amicable relationship between Joseph and Potiphar is just really gross and not. It's fun the to story watch. of a slave and his master. Yeah, it's... <laughs> who love each other. Yeah, <clears throat> gross. It just, it, I guess the the fact that that was in a kids movie really pissed me off. Yeah, um, I, I, I could see yeah. that because that's not like they're taking an adult theme and making it understandable but still preserving some of the integrity of it they're just kind of like inventing something to make themselves feel well less i mean weird. i think it fits it does fit in with the original like tone of the story that yeah like, it's just that that's a shit lesson but i mean <laughs> the, joseph never reconciles with i guess in the book joseph never reconciles with potiphar but like he would he, i think yeah well, maybe by it's implied it's this completely well, now it's he implied like, that because now he's he like a member outranks the, him yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but he he certainly doesn't do that with his brothers. So who knows? Um, they do a seduction scene that's purely implied. Yeah, they do kind of. I thought it was dance I thought, around it in an interesting way. I thought he was gonna like eat a cookie he wasn't supposed to, but no, it's like <laughs> you'll find out about this when you're older, kind of thing. She like chases him around and then she like puts a hand on his shoulder. That's kind of it. Yeah, but it's it's weird to me how they manage to like. If you didn't know what happened in the story or didn't pick up on any of the clues and whatever, it would be like if you were just like a kid or something, it would be very confusing, I think. Yeah. Because they because they don't say anything and don't even make any like in, innuendo or euphemistic statements. It's just like, why are you here? And he's like, to be with you. And then he goes, ah. But then there's also this thing of like <laughs> Potiphar is going to like put Joseph to death and then he kind of figures out that – it was his wife who came on to Joseph and not the other way around. But like to save face, he still throws him in jail. It's fucked up. That kind of seemed like what the narrative was, which is, yeah, it's like an overcomplication of the actual story. And it's also like, it's like them trying to have it both ways of like staying yeah. true to the story. It's trying to not. stay true to the story and kind of rehabilitate everybody involved. It's not. I would say the best thing was the length. I loved the length. I was, I, was, was I, I would say uh, that I could even lose five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. A tight one ten. That'd be incredible. <laughs> more more movies should fucking do that. Yeah. Like if less you make, TV needs to be that long, but more movies need to be that long. If you're at the end of your cut and you're like, oh god, we're gonna have to cut this down from four hours, like maybe you just haven't expressed all your ideas in a clear and concise way. It's true. Like just don't make the movie. I don't say don't make the movie. A lot of people's jobs depend on it, but like, you know, make a note of it because, you know, not every movie has to be like almost three hours. Is um, that a segue into our next our next topic? Speaking of movies that definitely fucking uh, didn't well, do, we do that. Any, do we have any final thoughts on Joseph? Uh, it's a fine movie a that car- you never have to watch. It's a cartoon for kids. Yeah, yeah. don't watch it. If you feel like you want to watch a Bible story that's animated for whatever reason, watch Prince of Egypt. It's actually good. Yeah, I would say I would only watch Joseph 
King of Dreams if I was zooted. If I was not me making this podcast, I would have to be, I don't know, a little bit saucy to watch it. Do you think Ben Affleck was at like, what was the state of his career at that time? Do you know? I think he was probably pretty big. Cause yeah. they, they, cause, cause I watched the trailer too. Which, by the way, you should always watch the trailer. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> because it clues you into what kind of they ha- were really going for. Yeah, like and, what was the yeah, and no, and they definitely hit home that it's like it's Ben fucking Affleck. Like uh-huh. it's not like Affleck. Remember that? Um, yeah. Maybe they'll give us money. Uh, it's not like I. I think like when with Prince of Egypt. Uh, Moses is famously paid by Val Kilmer, and I don't think Val Kilmer was still big at that point uh-huh. when it was made. So it was kind of like a, oh, that's interesting. He, you know, it's Val Kilmer. But this Look one, where they found him, yeah. it really is just like I don't know. There's a John Mulaney joke about how like no kid is watching the new Pixar movie and being like, oh, Mark Ruffalo, he's excellent. <laughs> it's true. But, like, <laughs> it really is just wasted. Yeah. Like it's just so they no, can it's for slap the his name. Well, but it's like what adult like. How, what smooth brained adult ha- is going to be like? I, I guess a lot of them, but it's just I'm crazy. I'm so to- curious how you're going to frame smooth brained. Continue, please. No, smooth brain just means like dumb, like that. But like, who is who is like going to watch a cartoon because Ben Affleck's in it? He doesn't do anything particularly no, 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 it's, it's, Ben Affleck-y. It's for no, it's for the adults who who are spending time with their kids. Okay, it's like a yeah. little. It's like but that's the, that's who it's for. But just it's just frust. I mean, whatever we can talk about like the eth- Hollywood and shit. But it's like so many voice actors that like need work, and they're like, "Who's the most famous person we can think of?" Like, <laughs> yeah, someone have, who probably hates doing this and doesn't need to do it for the money. <laughs> yeah, like we should have LeBron yeah. James do it. Like, well, I mean, yeah, that's right. part of the thing. LeBron too, James is, just, is gonky, you know. Unfortunately, advertising is literally baked into the fiber of, of making these kinds of things now. So it's like if anything that resembles anything like free media, such as attaching the star to it, is going to, you know, that's what's going to win out. Because now you you don't, you, you get more out of less money in a weird way. You get more out of less money? It's, it's more money. It's more money to no, hire Ben Affleck than it is to hire. And to go for like a crazy media push? Trying to promote a movie with unknown actors? Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Ben Affleck was like, ah, if I can do this in three days, I'll fucking take a pay cut. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You might get one of those situations. Anyway, let's get out of this fucking pretty lame movie um, and go into the one, the meatiest one that we have. Um, oh, well, yes. I'd say the first one was pretty meaty, but... <laughs> Set you up for that, and I regret meaty. it. Um Noah by Darren Aronofsky, starring Russell Crowe as the titular Noah. It's got, so, do you want me to summarize it? Please do, because it's, you know, Joseph, we already told the story of Joseph. This is a different story. This is, this is, this is really weird, because it's a very different story with a lot more details and a lot more creativity, but I think one of the things that really, I don't find... You're going to hear some things, you guys and listeners. This is a message. You're going to hear me say some things, and it's going to sound like I'm defending the film. And I want to be very clear from the get-go that I do not think this film is good. I think it's it's pretty fucking lame, honestly. But I think it did a very great job of, of capturing the, the tone of the book of Genesis. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of brutal and, and crazy. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky's good at, at that biblical So. 
basically, the way that the Noah story works in this is there's basically one family that's Noah's family that his his line has been taking care of the land and they're vegetarians. And then there's this all these other people who are all the descendants of Cain and they build cities and they fuck everything up. B- basically, the way they symbolize this is this weird gold mineral in the ground that they call Zohar. None of this is in the text. This is just fucking weird. So the story of it basically is that everywhere is basically dying and everything's fucked up. So obviously God is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, fucking flood the whole thing and whatever. So Noah and his family, including his adopted daughter, Emma Watson, which is odd. Isla. Um, yeah. Not, new, a real, new, not a real character. New character. Yeah. Um, they basically uh, get travel around and they get chased into this like forbidden land where all the Nephilim, the giants live. Um, except in this one, they're like rock transformers. What are they called? They call them like they call them the Watchers. The Watchers, the watchers. which the apparently um, that's actually the name of a real biblical thing from a non-canonical book, which is the Book of Enoch. So it's like yeah. some alt Torah that was around but not officially in. And the Book of Enoch is is a popular uh, thing that people point to for the evidence of aliens in the Bible which I'm not going to get super down that path. Shout out to Xavier Hayes. Um, but Xavier yeah, Hayes going on the podcast challenge. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get let's I love the idea that he's been listening, but he he's like still apprehensive to come on. <laughs> he's waiting to be challenged a few more we, times. We just want to talk, buddy. So yeah, basically what happens is they get chased to this forbidden land with the, with the rock transformers slash giants. He ha- he goes to see his grandfather. Noah goes to Russell Crowe. Noah goes to see his grandfather, who plays some role in the story. That I honestly I can't remember what it is. Just as old sage guy, I believe it's Anthony. Hopkins. It is Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. Right? I could not believe honestly the yeah. cast and the budget they got for this movie. One hundred thirty million dollars. Very famous actors. Yep. It's it's pretty make- stacked. It's a very expensive piece of dog shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not worth its weight in Zohar. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, Noah has this the prophetic dream, basically, which is God in the story in the book and in the Torah. It's God telling him, "Hey, I'm gonna flood the shit out of this place." So he 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 gets the vision and he's like, "Oh, we got to build an ark." And he gets all the measurements and whatever. And there's this weird scene where a forest grows in like three minutes, so that he can use the wood from it. Um, which is sort of conflicting with the message that they're kind of trying to say, whatever. Um, and then basically all these people from a nearby tribe or, or, or something are like, oh, he's building a fucking ark. Like, I should be on the ark. We have this whole And it's implied character. that they're the descendants of Cain. Like, yeah, the guy's name like is the, Tubal Cain. Yeah. Right? Who's actually in the Torah? But yeah, like, he's the, like you know, kind of greedy, though, right? violent, profane sort of. Yeah. Like the worst of man sort of stuff. Yeah, and the way they make it clear is honestly that like when they go to their camp, there's just people yelling all the time. That's um, true. That's the way they sort of <laughs> convey evil. Um, I do hate yelling. It's I it's mean, super frustrating. But I, yeah. if people weren't as uh, upset about yelling, we might be inaugurating President Bernie Sanders in a couple of days. But unfortunately, <laughs> yelling is the worst thing a human being can do. So, um, Well, I, look, as a sensey boy on a personal level, not a fan of yelling. But, you know, I don't care if politicians yell. So then basically the rain starts to happen and all these people try to raid the boat basically and get on the boat. This is all while the animals are, are, are coming in whatever, but that's honestly... 
even with, within the standards of the movie, that is a fucking side thought. The animals? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We see them like two times. Yeah. Well, I have a, yeah. It is funny that like there are multiple moments in the movie where it's like shows Noah like looking off into the distance like, oh, my God, what is that? And then it's just a bunch of animals. Like, yeah, yeah man, you're they, Noah. They, the animals are going <laughs> to come to you. They pull the same prank <laughs> yeah. twice, basically. And also, yeah. I think it's so weird that they do this. Like, why do all the birds have to come at once? Because it's epic and <laughs> like, scary. You know, like, yeah, honestly, long, bro. it'd probably Hordes. just be a, a logistical nightmare. You'd rather just want them, you know, trickling in. Like, hey, crocodiles. Apparently, at the time, um, since, ev- like, everything in this movie, other than the, the land, which is Iceland... Uh, is like all CGI. It was like one of the most expensive movies, Industrial Light and Magic, or like the most money spent at Industrial Light and Magic, the effects shop, like in history at the time. <laughs> wow. Guess what? It didn't make yeah. a good movie. Yeah. So then basically they try to they try to raid the boat. There's this really weird fatalistic conversation that the main villain has about surviving and that's be, that being like man's primary drive, which they sort of pit against Noah's piety as being man's primary drive. That and like, you know, animal and nature is obeying you. Like you get to call the shots because you're a human and like you do what you want. Yeah. Um, and I say man's because not only is it framed that way in the movie, but it's it's like I don't think he necessarily realized that there is such a weird obsession with like males as the driving force in the story. Oh, um, yeah. But here's where it takes a turn. <laughs> so this guy manages to sneak onto the Ark. And basically what happens is... Uh, Who, the Anthony Hopkins? No. Two ball came. Uh, Two ball came. The villain manages to sneak onto the Two Ark. Um, Two boy. And Kane. sort of befriends, <laughs> uh, befriends Noah's son, who is not allowed to uh, have a wife, basically. Because Noah does some fucked up shit. Super weird. I'm not going to get super into it. But then basically they have like a, a tense stowaway fucking weird shit where basically Noah decides that, oh, if all of mankind needs to be wiped out, that actually includes me and my family, which is sort of like an interesting twist. Yeah, that's um, not – that's kind of the devi- the main deviation from the source material is that he's – Russell Crowe Noah is very adamant that the human race needs to end, whereas that's not necessarily the goal of Noah in the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least it doesn't doesn't make that explicit. It's just kind of like wipe out the human race, but Noah's still there. Yeah, though I honestly thought that was a decent – that was like a smart adaptation choice in my opinion just because like it like is a way to underline the fact that God is wiping out all of humanity, including some of the protagonists. Right. Like, you, yeah. I, I didn't mind it too much. No, I think it's interesting. In a way, that's why I said it's a deviation, but I think that actually captures the tone of the story better. Yeah, right. It's like a deviation, um, but like towards the truth of the story, which is always a good way to go. Yeah. And then basically they have a little fight out. Um, Noah basically go, starts to go insane and is like, oh, I'm going to kill all of you guys when this is all over. And then Emma Watson, who, because they have to push the buttons of this book, they had, she was not able to have a child and then she miraculously conceived. Wasn't it because like Methuselah gives her the ability or something it's yeah he like stupid summons a mighty wind and then she uh and they actually and the implication is that the like the bad two volcano people like maybe made her infertile because they find her when she's a little girl and she has like a scar across her stomach and kind of like yeah this uh, which kind of doesn't make sense but whatever they needed her to be that so that's yeah. what she was 
so then, yeah, then they have, uh, then, then basically he says he's going to kill the kids, but in the end, Russell Crowe, Noah, does not kill the kids. Oh, my God. He does a hilarious maneuver. Russell Crowe. Uh, where he's, like, holding a dagger above this baby, and then he's, like, slowly lowering his arm, and then he kind of puts it to the side and then just kisses the baby on the head. It's, like, a really, a lot of, like, three very different things happen all at once. And I it, knew it, though. I knew as, as soon as he raised up that knife, I was like, there's no way he's going to kill those babies because if yeah. he killed those babies, I would have heard of this movie by now <laughs> because it would be the movie uh-huh. where Russell Crowe plays Noah and he kills a couple babies. Like, yeah. I would have <laughs> known about that from the internet. Yeah. And then... So basically what, what happens at the end is it's not too far from the uh the the book, but basically they land, everything's fine. We have a little montage of Noah Russell Crowe getting all fucked up by the by the ocean. And then instead of being in his tent and being naked, he's just sort of like passed out on the beach. But you don't naked. get to see the brilliant towel maneuver no. of yeah, his kids' children not. like tap dancing backwards <laughs> with a yeah. towel draped over their back. <laughs> Skating um, backwards like like really good ice hockey players. Like and towel. then and I think what is the biggest crime of the movie is they just have uh I believe it's Shem, who in the actual book is is one who sees Noah, and then for some reason that means him and his descendants will always be slaves, and they totally fucking disregard that, and well, they, they just good, have maybe, him to not have the slave thing, right? I don't know. Like, are, it's again, that's that that's that's a question or about they how they're erasing history, or like you could just have him drunkenly yell that, yeah, but like not have it actually see it happen. My I don't big know. problem with it is they code in so many ways. They try to frame their made up version of Shem as like a bad, weird, horny kid. Is um, he the one who has? He's the middle one, right? Yeah, he's the one who he's always one talks who, like, like this. Like he literally he's the sounds one who, like, like his balls meets are that up. girl, but then Noah's like, "It's time to go," and she gets trampled like yeah. Lion King. Yeah. yeah, which also that again, that's like a weird, a weird deviation too, because I think they all had their wives. They did. They all yeah. had their wives. It's there's a there's a really funny line where it's like a horny fuck bunker for forty days. <laughs> there's a really funny line where they're like. They're like, but father, they, and they totally do the British thing, by the way. That's why of. we're talking oh. about it. It's fu- okay. Yeah. They're like, but father, like, well, like, what if don't we get wives? And he goes, there will be no wives. Which <laughs> just really made me chuckle. Yeah. Like Should dance. we get into the British accents slash uh, insane racial politics of this movie? Well, <laughs> yeah, let's fucking do it. dude. Emma Watson is um, is immune from this criticism because she's actually British. Everyone else, what's your fucking excuse? Yeah. You don't talk. True. Russell Crowe Russell Crow is what? Accent. Australian? Yeah. he's. Um, you got Jennifer Connelly, who's American. But yeah, so they, um, everyone, first of all, like basically everyone in the entire movie is white, if not everyone. I don't think I spotted anyone who wasn't. I don't think I did um, either. They're and varying the- degrees of hotness. Like the suns are all kind of hot. That's very funny to note. <laughs> um, but not any racial diversity, mainly just hotness diversity. Um, yeah, and then there's like Russell Crowe, like you know, the hottest guy alive. Uh, you know, <laughs> or do people think that? I don't know. I, I, I they, can see they why keep putting him in movies. Yeah, I could see why. Yeah, find I him feel like he definitely has like a kind of like epic leading man gravitas. Like he just is like kind oh, yeah. of beefy. I mean, we've all like seen very, Gladiator. Would seem, he would not fall over in a strong yeah. wind. Um, Gladiator's fun. Yeah, so like, so that's a pretty obvious fact that they're just like no people of color in this movie. Um, and apparently they were aware of that, but just, the, and they thought that was good. Um, so Ari Handel, who, uh, wrote, who co-wrote the movie with Darren Aronofsky, the you director. You have such a way with words, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, oh no, I'm sorry for the confusion. We were like kind of trying to do a thing where we like honor the supreme white race. So he said, from the beginning, we were concerned about casting the issue of race. What we realized is that this story is functioning at the level of myth, and as a mythical story, the race of the individuals doesn't matter. And so they chose to make them all white and all British. Oh my, that's so transparent that they're just like the race of the individuals didn't matter. So we decided to uh, make them. Neutral we made them race. the master race. Yeah. yeah. We uh we thought it would be easier if we just made them all regular. So, we went ahead and did that. Yeah, like like a person. Like a like you know what makes a person? A white person. So, um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it's like very disconcerting and then that coupled with the fact that then they don't get into the fact that like Noah curses some of his sons to be slaves forever is kind of just like a yeah. a classic white omission. Yeah, I say. and I think I think it also plays into like what I was saying before the way that they portray the son that in the text gets cursed to, into being a slave. Like they make him kind of a halfway villainous character, and it yeah, feels, like he kind of deserves it. Exactly. Yeah, it feels like that's what the movie is trying. Yeah. to, to do. To I mean, do. not that the slavery in that in the Bible story is like you know white black U.S. slavery, but like. I don't know. It's just for like they they take a lot of artistic liberties, but this was like a liberty in a weird direction of just like what if we just we just like wanted to make it a white. Well, it's I mean it's story. very obvious that it's like no, you're just like it's just easier for you to do that because the fucking system is already set up that way. Like don't try to yeah pretend that you're like it's some artistic choice. Like right. Also, I just fucking love that defense, though. It's like we were really worried about the issue of race. So, but like, then we decided we just, not to be worried about it anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah, it also, I thought an issue it didn't shy away from um, was like it was. it's a pretty strong environmental parable, I would say. Like they really are going for it. Yeah, yeah you um, called it in the text thread. You called it an what are you call it? Eco fascism. Eco fascist. Very yeah, eco fascist. It's very eco fascist. Do you explain what that means for the? Yeah, me? so that's kind of like for the me. <laughs> people who would share the general goals of like any environmentalist of just you know like wanting to use things more sustainably and like have humans live more in harmony with the natural world and not deplete our resources and and so on, but the way they want to get there is through kind of fascistic means. So like we should have population control or like, you know, people who are big carbon emitters, we should fucking kill them. Or like, I don't know, just like, you know, right wing politics in service of environmentalism kind of. Sure. Okay. They're the people who will argue that like people in the global South are going to basically their populations are going to grow and it's their fault that there's not enough resources. Like that's where that line of thinking gotcha. basically leads. Yeah, it'll, it leads to some pretty dark places. And it's also interesting that it has a pretty long history in fascism too. Oh, for sure. And in environmentalism. Like a yeah. lot of the early environmentalists were like also eugenicists. It's kind of funny. Like if anything, like they try and have this environmental thing and they kind of get ensnared in like all the same shit that in this movie always... or just in eco fascism. No, in, in this movie, like they try and say a big statement about the environment and then they get kind of like hung up and I think undercut by some of the same ghosts of like the general environmental movement because like the whole thing with zohar to me is like a pretty direct like fossil fuel kind of analogy yeah. where like there's this precious resource they even at one point kind of show like a rusted out like oil well looking thing yeah they no. kind of make it seem like the moral failings of all the people are linked to the environmental failings so kind of a like we're bad people and our system is bad and like you know maybe even capitalism is bad that sort of thing um, but then by then having the whole second half of the movie being like everyone on earth just being killed. Except for those like, two little and, babies. 
except for the two little babies like then we get a chance to start over it's sort of like i think they could kind of you can kind of make one movie about our reliance on fossil fuels and like what we should do about it and it's linked to our morals or you can make a movie about the noah's ark story but to link them together like you kind of pull a cheap move i think by you know it's like oh well this is the story and this is what god does so like you know that's what we have to do but like you're proposing killing everyone to start over again. Yeah, I don't think there's a way you can make the environmental Noah movie and and have it not be super kind of fascistic. Um, yeah, it's, it's just like, because of the, the story. Day, it's, yeah. it's like a brutal. It is a brutal story. It's like there's a problem, so kill everyone, even tangentially related to the problem. Yeah, there was a, yeah. there was a problem in society, and the ultimate authoritarian figure, God, fixes it with yeah. overwhelming force. Yeah, and if any, and the movie is like a little bit aware of that. Like it, there's like a kind of horrifying scene where like once the flood has already come, there's like piles of people that almost look like a mountain, like crawling over each other to kind of escape the water and screaming, and like waves are hitting them and stuff. And I thought that was pretty effective and kind of just like disgusting in a good way. Like yeah, like that's what a flood killing everyone that's would look disgusting. like. Um, yeah, but like. So it's aware that it's horrible, but then it's sort of like, but actually, it's all for the greater good. <laughs> so it's like maybe. I mean, it's I actually feel like because it's a Bible story, it's like so far removed. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they don't have to play by the rules of like um, something that takes place now. Like they can kind of put more distance from between yeah. themselves and it. No, I think so too. But I think, but they don't. They don't. They want to both have the the distance to make it a Bible story, but the closeness to make it an allegory for now. I don't know. I think it muddies the water of what they're trying to say a little bit. Um, it almost feels like it's not super thought out. <laughs> yes. It almost feels like it's like a classic precocious great man director trying to just dazzle everyone constantly. Um, do you want to know how many times Suicide Death Cult is written into my notes? Um, on this particular <laughs> film? Yeah. Or just in general? Just this film. Yeah. How many? Three. I also... I don't know. There's kind of a theme of like, there's a line where somebody says like, I'm pretty sure it might be Tubalcane who says like, a man isn't ruled by the heavens. A man is ruled by his will. So there's kind of this theme of like, I don't know, like being a good, like obedient religious person. And then also, but also I will say that like after a certain point, like it kind of Russell Crowe's character, Russell Crowe, kind of comes across as like being an asshole. Like they're in... In service of God, when he's like saying, like, he like tells Emma Watson, like, if you give birth to a girl, I'm gonna have to kill it. Um, he and then his wife is like, How could you do this? Like, don't you care about these people? And he's like, I only care about like carrying through God's plan. Like, he's very like blinders on, one track vision. Like, he, I think, and, and it kind of it portrays that in the book, it's just kind of neutral, but in this, it's like. I would say it's not quite neutral because it's like he's chosen because he's like the only righteous man on earth, a.k.a. the only one who will follow exactly what God says. I don't know. It kind of felt like it took it to the logical conclusion of like if someone was actually just like communicating with God and then like like just following all of his orders and like not questioning anything, like they'd be a, a freak weirdo. I think maybe what they were trying yeah. to get at is maybe that like – is partially cautionary just in the way that like the way they handle God speaking to uh, Noah is just visions, which I think for a movie kind of makes more sense. And you're definitely going to probably piss pe less people off if you do it that way. But that, yeah. that part, I don't think it captures like the banal character of how it actually happens in the text. 
where it is yeah. almost like God just like knocks on his door and is like, here's the plan, buddy. A uh, couple days, everything's going to go away. You got to build a boat. It's got to look like this. I would start now. So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> how about, what about the scene where like we, they kind of grow up a little bit and the first thing we see is Emma Watson getting tackled and we think it's, at least for me, I was like, is this about to be like a horrifying like assault scene? And no, that's just how they flirt. He is by tackling you know what I mean? Like you see her get tackled and then you're like, what? And then you see him kind of like like, like standing over her and like they're both smiling and you're like, oh, this is supposed to be like flirtatious and cute. I mean, I don't know. I was, a, I think they're supposed to be teenagers. I, I did a fl- some flirty tackles as a teen. Not proud I to guess say so. it. I guess just the fact that it was Torah yeah. times put me on edge about what, what a, <laughs> yeah, a, a man that's tackling true. a woman uh, meant, but... They were yeah, just also, I feel like, yeah, men and women, like, around. didn't flirt in the same way back then. It was like, your parents had a meeting. Well, no, in the in the Jacob and Esau story, in the middle part, where it's it's Isaac doing the sister-wife trick, he, uh... Oh, he does some he, he canoodles a little bit. Yeah. Flirting. Hey, so here's another fun uh, fun note from my notes. I did, I have four pages of notes, by the way. I was, um... I was very confused by a lot of this movie. So there's a lot of montages in this film that oh, yeah. are, like explanations of earlier bits of of genesis um they're all fucking dumb by the way oh it like show um, like, like show two seconds of like, like a snake being snaky yeah and then it has this weird thing where he's like explaining the creation story on the fifth day and whatever but then there's like this whole thing with evolution happening in front of it it's 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 real fucking stupid but the fun note Uh, I have here that I wrote down in the moment was, what the fuck is this montage? Is this a real fucking movie? Yeah, he found a trick that he liked and was like, I'm going to I'm going to show it to you now. Um, I thought another funny moment is there's this part where they're talking about just like how, you know, man is sinful and like, you know, we've lost our way. And it's showing this kind of montage of like silhouettes of people kind of killing each other. And it's like an Indian chief and like a British you know, colonial soldier, and then it just like clearly flashes to an American with an M16. Does it? And I, was I like, forgot yeah. about that. Cool. That's great. <laughs> dude, yeah, no, I dude, that, I I fucking hated that that montage. Yeah. Um, where basically I, it to describe it is it's basically they they do a silhouette of of Cain killing Abel, um, and then they extrapolate. They do that scene again, but like, and then it's like it's strobe a, lighty, but like yeah, but then different it's like people different people other. from different history. Like you got like a French you know, Napoleon type dude with a saber. Like <laughs> it just yeah, and it was like to me, I I know, I know what that day on set was like, and it was probably a tremendous amount of fun to film that scene. For whoever yeah. was involved, it was of like what of a French guy being French? No, just like get all of the fucking costumes out, like get all of the prop yeah. weapons. We're just gonna dress people up and we're gonna throw weapons in the sunset for a day. Um, and I get that that would be super fun and that would honestly be one of the most fun days of shooting. No fucking doubt. That doesn't mean it needs to be in the movie. Just because you had the most fun producing that scene doesn't mean that that fun is going or or goodness is going to translate then into the fucking medium i hate the montages because it's like being slapped in the face and then given an exposition dump yeah it reminded me i've like um have you guys seen the snl thing about like the high schoolers putting on their like edgy theater production yes that um where it's just like if you haven't seen the sketch it's very funny you should check it out they're just sort of like it they think they're doing something so profound and they're like actually you know what if instead of 
being divisive, we found an equation to be equal and that's good. And they're, I don't know, it's just like really like fake avant-garde high schoolers theater politics, basically. And this movie felt like a kind of very expensive Hollywood version of that where he's like, what if we were good to each other and didn't hurt the environment? Yeah. Ever think about that? Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, great. We're, what if war might have not always be good? Even if America does What if war might also not always be good? It also kind of like, it feels that way more when, especially if you like think about it with kind of the eco-fascist tendencies, because the film seems to insist that like, hey, this is good because it's the Bible and it's good messages. Shut up about the other stuff. It really, like I said, everything about it is so strange that it feels so, I think the movie made me mad because, yeah, I felt like in a lot of ways, the movie itself was being like, don't ask questions. Like, shut up. I'm telling a story in a way that's, it just, it, it felt disrespectful. I would even say to the viewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could, I could see that. There's all these weird things where like they, at one point, Noah catches these people trying to uh, hunt like a weird lizard dog. Um, it's in the very beginning of the movie and he kills these people. So like, all right, we're already in like a weird realm where it's like oh you're hungry and you don't mess with lizard dog like you are, you know believe in something different from me like i i can just kill you but like even the fact that they have to make it a weird lizard dog well i think all of the animals i read somewhere all of the animals in the movie were not real animals like not 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 that they were cgi but they were all like the animal depicted was some slightly off from an animal that existed I don't know. I guess they just thought that would be fun or cool. I didn't quite feel so disrespected. I was just like, they tried to do something and say something, and they just didn't do a good job at it. Oh, let me put it this way. And it just, I don't know. I just, the whole thing was so permeated with like great man over self-confidence. I don't know. I mean, that's the name of the game with Darren, Karen Aronofsky, you know? Darren, let me let me put it this what way. I wasn't. Way? I didn't feel disrespected by Karen the movie. Aronofsky. <laughs> Karen Aronofsky. <laughs> Darren and Karen Aronofsky. <laughs> didn't feel disrespected by the movie. Felt disrespected by the director. Mm. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I don't think Darren Aronofsky respects you, Ayani. I, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> I think you. He thinks you're a little peon. <laughs> he probably doesn't even think about you at all. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, you know, I don't think the film was like worthless, though. I mean, I, I liked. I liked that, yeah, it captured kind of the, like, arbitrary, very violent spirit of Genesis and, like, you know, at least kind of attempted to color in a lot of the gaps in the text, but I just don't think it, like, fully nailed it. Um, I also feel like, honestly, that is kind of what you get when you have, like, an American white guy being given $130 million to make an environmental parable. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, probably not going to, I don't know, it's probably not going to be right on. No, it's not going to be right on. And the fact that he wants to tie it to the Bible is going to shift that around, too. Yeah, um, it's like it's kind of what if, hopeless. Wait, what if it was like a Michael Moore movie and he did the Michael Moore thing where he, like, finds some, like, big-time oil exec and, like, shows up at the dude's house with two of each animal? He's <laughs> like, hey, man, we're here at the fucking CEO of Exxon's house and Oh, got, he could show... That would actually be kind of funny. We've got could. two ducks and two hippopotamuses and <laughs> two lizards and two alligators and two crocodiles because you know they're different and <laughs> just... 
It's just Michael Moore and all of God's creatures on this dude's lawn. Honestly, I would rather watch that one. That's yeah. What if you showed up to like Elon Musk's house with a fucking zoo? Like Elon bought a zoo. We bought a zoo. Who, by the way, if if anyone's not clear, I also hate Elon Musk. Yeah, that'd be funny. People (laughs) thought like implied. I've never stated it. Oh, just hates Jeff Bezos because he's Elon Musk's competition for richest guy ever. Who. And you know, Ioni loves that guy. He just he's yeah, he's clearly Musk Hive. That it would it'd be Ugh. so funny if Ioni was just like doubled over laughing, like he made a freaking flamethrower. I mean, come on, if <laughs> that's, that's not so funny, cool. what is? We have that in yeah. our house. We have oh yeah. Wait, oh, do we have the boring flamethrower? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't buy it. I, didn't I buy know it, who bought it. I know who bought it too. Um You guys have that? <laughs> any any person can just buy that? Yeah. Well, because it's technically wow. not a flamethrower. Flamethrowers are illegal. It's basically a big fucking lighter. It's basically a really big fucking lighter. It's a really, really big fucking flame. Wait, it's that's hilarious. Stupid. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's wasteful. It doesn't shoot flames. It just like makes a big flicker. No, it shoots flames. Um, oh, okay. It's just some bureaucratic bullshit where they were like, it's not a flamethrower. Elon Musk was like, it's not a flamethrower. It's a big lighter. I don't, I can't. He's like, this. back when I was in my father's jewel mines, we yeah. had things like these all the time. <laughs> Uh, it's fucking stupid. I hate Elon Musk, but is it fun to own and operate a flamethrower? One hundred percent, yes. I would even say one hundred and ten percent. Yeah. One other thing I think we should touch on um, is the fact that both critics and religious people really loved the movie. It seemed like religious, which is a bad liked it? sign. Yeah. Religious. I could see that. I guess I could. Rabbi see that. Shmuley Boteach. An Orthodox Jewish rabbi leader hailed Noah as a valuable film, especially for our times. I'm on the Christian and Jewish response tab of the Wikipedia, and it seems like a lot of people are like, yeah, it's like complicated. It's, you know, it asks you mean big the, questions. You mean the Judeo-Christian response tab? That's um, right. So, <laughs> want to know something <laughs> the fun? The Western response tab? Want to know fun. something fun about yes. the movie, too? Is, you know, we have a lot of characters. We get some new names and whatever. Um you know, because we've got to pad the story out a little bit. Like, we have Emma Watson's character and all of that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Noah's wife remains Noah's wife. Yep. She sure does. <laughs> She's not given no, a name. No, 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 no. She is a name. No, she, oh. What is it then? Yeah. That'd be funny if it was, like, Kendall. Um, <laughs> like. <laughs> Mackenzie. Yeah, yeah Mackenzie with, like, three wives somehow. very biblical sounding. Is it just, like, ah. I mean, it doesn't. There's. It doesn't get more biblical sounding than Noah's wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Speaking then the sound of really of capturing the tone silence. of something. Yeah, that's true. Is there? A, there's not a. I wish there was a moment where Noah was like, "Hey, Noah's wife, come on over to this part of the wife." <laughs> um, also, just for anyone who's curious about the action, there is of course a javelin scene where the main character picks up a javelin and throws it, impaling a man. Because oh, for sure. every action movie from around that time yeah. and from earlier, you gotta have at least one. Noah whips a lot of ass in this. And it's not really explained why he's like such a warrior. Because he's like protecting the Ark from the bad people. He's like, No, protecting I just mean the... before that too though. Because he has this whole jujitsu moment in the beginning with the scaly dog too. Yeah, it's true. He's just, he's got a lot of practice defending fucking armadillo dogs. So I also, there, isn't there a scene where like, there's a bunch of, a bunch of like the bad people are like trying to like all like storm the boat. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. I, it was funny given the, the time we're recording this. I don't, I don't know. You know, like, did you, did you hear that? Uh, one of the guys was, he was trying to like steal an animal, but he, uh, he tased himself in the nuts. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought the, the more, uh, 
the concordance I saw was the fact that like um as no- <laughs> um as uh as Noah's like starting to kind of like lose his shit a little bit, he gets like a really big beard and kind of like but he also has like a really severe buzz cut for a while, which is kind of like the MAGA haircut. Yeah. Big beard, buzz cut, yeah. Yeah, that kind of like ex-military kind of like grizzled. For a lot of guys, that's the best facial hair situation they can have, which isn't – some guys pull it off, I'll say it. Some guys – Who do you think pulls it off? I don't know. Just like that guy at Trader Joe's, like just some guy, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. He like is in an epic movie, and at some point he even gets the like epic haircut. Um, And I think – also, and I think I would imagine the people who stormed the Capitol kind of fancy themselves as like cool gladiator guys as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, like, sure. why else would you wear horns or like, you know, whatever, like wear spec ops gear to a protest that, you know. It does make me, the main question that the movie raised for me was, this is obviously also because I don't believe in God that I feel this way. Um, but, <clears throat> uh, Ayani. When the, it's framed as really bad and the character is, pretty villainous i'm not gonna lie uh but when the villain is having his speech about like what you mentioned john about like how the heavens don't rule us and like essentially human beings have to determine the meaning for themselves oh you mean when he's just saying a lot of a bunch of correct things yeah where i was like the only reason that the that those sentences don't come across as good is because of the way they've portrayed the character and the voice that the actor chose all right well should we go ahead and close it out um, I guess I'm on, this is an unusual episode, but I'm on team Artie. Um, Artie Mitchell got a horrible deal when he got murdered by his brother just for partying. Um, Artie likes, to, Artie likes to party, you know? Um, and <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm on team stage hand slash like assistant director who was just having fun throwing the sword. So every time Darren Aronofsky was like, Oh, did we get it? They're like, ah, I think we got to do like four or five more sword throwing takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because because uh, i can just um, i just it was like I'm, i know they were probably enthusiastic about what they're doing but i can just imagine like a couple people just being like oh my god we're shooting this movie for how long and then he comes in and we're like all right we got to do this kind of for a montage thing we got to throw some swords at the wall or, I, you know i want it to look good and they're like throw swords like shit this might actually be worth my time today. Um, <laughs> like the idea of like a cut, like they're like filming another scene yeah. and one of them like raises their hand. Like no one, first of all, no one raises their hand in a movement. <laughs> Somebody raises their hand and they're like, can we play sword wall? I want to play sword wall again. I, I'm, I would like to request that we play a game of sword wall. Yeah. Okay, Darren, I just got to ask you, I want, I'm trying to figure out like, can we incorporate more of like a, uh, a knife throwing uh, cool Noah guy more kind of get a little bit more of that into the movie because I think that's really where it's, it's strongest. Wait, I just realized yeah. something. When Emma Watson's character can't have kids, she's Baron Aronofsky. I fucking hate you. I'm doing it. A... <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that joke has been added yeah, I'm very to the pleased with myself that I said that comment. Oh man. <laughs> well, so at least someone is. Um, I, there are two people that I'm on the team of, um, one is I'm on team, the watchers, the like giant kind of like transformer vibes. Yeah. Who we haven't really addressed because they're unaddressable. Yeah. I liked them because they reminded me of Bionicles. Um, and I really fucked with Bionicles (laughs) as a kid. No, they fucking don't. Uh, I feel like that's not true because they have like 12 (laughs) limbs. That would be unhelpful. 
<laughs> show, show me where he touched you. Here's a fish. <laughs> the other person who I'm on the team of is Noah's wife and just Jennifer Connelly's character. I feel like she really gets the shaft in that movie. It's like one of those roles for women in like an epic movie where like your whole thing is like, and in this scene, yeah. you're going to rub his shoulder and say, you're doing the right thing. And then in this scene, you're going to sidle up to him and say, you're doing the right thing. And she just is like, she is I don't know, she's like back a back rubber. rubber for like two hours. Um, and I don't even really know, know much about her yeah, as an actress or anything, but I just like, feel like that role sucked. I don't feel like you just um, come out of playing that character being like, well, it's a, a shining achievement of my career. It's probably just like, well, I don't have to work again for two months. Yeah, she's probably like, hmm, I wonder when the next time I'll have to spend a lot of time with Russell Crowe is. Hopefully not soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow i'm just thinking about you think no, russell crowe leaves a bathroom smelling also, good i don't think so i also think that with a 150 million dollar budget i think that russell and jennifer probably hopefully were not sharing a bathroom no they had their own trailers <laughs> i don't know they were shooting on location hey you know it's part of the business oh yeah by the way if i wasn't clear like i said it's odd. Uh, you don't have to see it yeah, you don't have to see any of these movies, really. The whole point of us making this podcast was to make yeah. sure that you don't have to just listen to this episode. Yeah, if anything, I would say if you had to choose one, uh, you know, kind of bloated Truly. expression of male creativity, listen to this Beautiful. podcast. Beautifully said. Don't watch fuck fucking Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, watch. man, fuck Darren watch Aronofsky. Watch Get him on there. Watch list. Man, and you know what? Let's just put Ben Affleck on there just to scare him a little bit. Yeah, let's give him a little fright. <laughs> <laughs> Make him spill his donkeys. What about what about what about a, a WTF with Marin Aronofsky? You know, spaghetti Marin Aronofsky. True, <laughs> true. Who's gonna Who's gonna bless? I think bless all the beautiful. I was kind of thinking of making you listeners. do it, Josh. Um, Fuck, I feel like I do it more than well, you guys. They, do. No, you usually whoever summarizes that week's episode uh, does it, but we did a different format yeah. this week, and since I focused on the true. porno. And Ayani summarized mm -hmm. the Noah movie. Yeah, okay. You're just giving me my time to shine. Slash. Oh, no, this is a punishment. <laughs> I'm, I'm punishing yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, no, this yeah, is yeah, because yeah. you did technically less work than us. Oh, not technically. Intentionally. <laughs> um, How dare you not watch the porno from 1975 starring a monkey? No, we don't. <laughs> that sounds bad out of context. The monkey doesn't fuck at all. The monkey is completely celibate. Oh, He's just on a spaceship doing his thing. Don't make it sound like <laughs> it's by, made by a bunch of I, freaking If I'm going to watch one porn for this, it's going to be the thing with the fucking bell pepper. I'll see if we can dig um, that one up for you. <laughs> I don't know if we have to. Any fucking way. Okay. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe in case you're close friends when you can see them safely um today i would like to offer a blessing that all the movies like since we're talking about movies first of all that if you're looking for a movie in these quarantine times that you don't have that like kind of tedious like looking for 35 minutes through the streaming service thing like you just have an idea of what you want and you find it and then you watch it and then it's the right length because that really is a is a blessing that uh, we need a lot more of in this world. Uh, thanks for listening. Take it easy.
Can I throw one in there too? And the right length is an hour and fifteen minutes, by the way. That yeah. is the correct length. For that's right. Yeah, hour fifteen to an hour ten. That's that. That's um, what makes yeah, the, the Joseph movie and from potentially now on, the best we're one. We're doing orders in, and never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's backwards. <laughs> it's it's the Hebrew. No, I guess style. I guess also just like a little shout out to all the people who make these kinds of productions possible because they're often not really considered. And like even if it is a lot of effort to like make a giant heaping pile of dog shit like that Noah movie, like these people still put their all into it and they don't get paid nearly the same amount as the actors or the uh, directors. Or well, they usually, like I mean, they usually have union benefits and it's not. Yeah. $45 an hour is not going to get you to 1 million off of a movie that quick. No, and that's these true. People are making sometimes 50 to 60 to a hundred. So um, it's a, it's a very well paying job, but it's, it's not anywhere near equal so yeah just the, that one that was a shout out mostly for me because technically i work in that industry um and we're not allowed to work in any sort of capacity right now so so when this is all over directors go make your dog shit movies give some people some fucking jobs hollywood we Sounds love good. you <laughs> tinseltown greatest city people on call it tinseltown <laughs> people do call it tinseltown, tinseltown. All right. Rate and review the podcast. That's been Smite Me. Thank you very much for listening. And don't remember to get your pets smited. What? We're going to cut it off before that, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bad joke.